This is the Alarm Entourage. When Mike Peters says to me, look, there's a chap here I want you to talk to, you don't disagree. And when that chap turns out to be a man responsible for breaking the alarm on the radio in California and is the legendary 91X DJ Steve West, (laughs) then you have to say hello. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, pretty good. And yourself? Welcome to San Diego. Thank you very much. I love being in California. This is my first point of contact with the alarm with the United States when I first came here in 83 with the Alarms War Tour. Wow. That was back when they were with IRS records. That's right. Yes, yes. the very first thing we played I think it was Marching On yeah was the first song we played so how did you discover the alarm I was music director back in the day and um, for 91X yeah right and you get music come across your desk all the time and I was real friendly with the guy at IRS and he said you've got to hear this band and I go well they're the alarm they're from Wales and it's like whoa they got it I mean they they really hit me so so we played that we played 68 Guns which was just fabulous. And then when they moved on into things like Strength and Rain in the Summertime, it was just incredible. I like to call, actually, I, I've got a new name I meant to tell Mike, that Bono is the Mike Peters of Ireland. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell them both that. That's marvellous. <laughs> Your first point of contact with the alarm is through IRS Records. Through, yeah, it was through IRS. Who was yeah. who is the uh, the plugger? Do you remember the Jeff, name? Jeffrey Norman. Right. Jeffrey Norman and um, it'll come to me. Mike Plan. Mike Plan. I remember that. Yeah, Michael Plan. Gosh, that's going back a lifetime. Yeah, Jeffrey Norman would take us out and and he'd drink these things with 151 and Uzo. He'd do this incredible thing where he'd take the Uzo, pour it into the 151, it would cloud up, and then he would... And we'd have to carry him home. (laughs) (laughs) That's always the way, then. Despite your current accent, Uh you're a Brit like us. You're originally from Uh, the the East End, right? Yeah, originally from London. Born in the East End, grew up in Sutton. Yeah. And went to school in Mitcham. Yeah? Yeah, just like Cy Kernan, actually. He, he and I went to the same school. We didn't find that out till like, 92. Funny enough, the alarm was on that tour as well. 92, yeah, 92. I wasn't that, around for that, that one, but yeah. At, um, um, the Balbo- it was in Balboa Park. At the, um, there's a little stadium in there that's right under the flight path into, into Lindbergh Field here. And they had bands have to stop every time a plane goes over. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So what is it about the alarm that California seems to get? I think it's a combination of Mike's energy and his lyrics. I mean, I know a lot of people quote strength as their song. It's like their anthem, you know, especially when they're fighting. Like Mike and Mike and I are both dual cancer survivors, so... Um, we kind of had a, have a kinship there. But these always stood out. I mean, the, the, I don't know what that magic thing is that says, okay, these guys over these guys. I just know that when I hear something, I go, okay, that's hit me. I love that song. I love that band. You know, they consistently put out great stuff over the years. And we took, actually, we I remember a time when we had a contest where we had listeners meet Mike for lunch down at the Princess of Wales here. Very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we were trying to think of a place to take him. And we thought, well, should we take him to an English pub? Do you think he'd appreciate an English pub? No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> That's that kind of uh, misguided thinking of some Americans that they think, oh, because you're from England, you want to go visit an English pub. It's like, 
No, we do that yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I can understand that fully. But being a Brit ex, expatriate Brit, I can appreciate going there because I can get some great Yorkshire pudding and and shepherd's pie and proper food. Eggs, proper food, yeah, and curry. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember in '83 when the alarm came over. The other bands who were breaking from Britain here at the time were kind of slightly snide and cynical. They had an edge to them, a darker edge. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that separated the alarm from other bands was this almost beautiful, naive, wide-eyedness mm-hmm. that Mike has mm-hmm. that spreads in the culture he, of the band. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, he's got an incredibly positive attitude towards life in general. And I think that comes across in his music. You know, when you, especially when you go see him perform. Yeah. I mean, he really is great at like, whipping up the crowd. He can, he, he can connect with the crowd. And it's always great to see a musician that connects with, with that crowd, you know. I mean, it's something that some, a lot of bands don't have. I mean, you know, I've seen bands... Another band that's like that in a different way is The Cure. Right. I'm a big fan of them. I mean, they're, although they're a little on the darker side, yeah, yeah, would yeah. you say? They've um, survived over the years in an incredible longevity. And they, like bands have got a body of work that can go out there and do a long set and really entertain the crowd and leave the crowd wanting more. That's what the alarm is to me. I, 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 interesting you mentioned The Cure. There's a sweetness to The Cure that a lot of people don't recognise. You know, there's mm-hmm. almost an, a, a wide-eyed innocence mm-hmm. that Robert Smith has. He's not like other musicians, is mm-hmm. he? <laughs> if you go back and look at some of his stuff from the early days, like the late 70s, when short hair... And yeah, yeah. Everybody's jumping everyone else's train, <laughs> killing an Boris, Arab. Boris. We can't, boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. We can't, they can't do killing an Arab anymore, can they? No. Nobody could. <laughs> we tried playing that on the radio once. Didn't work too well. <laughs> I've got to tell you, my connection with 91X is that Twist, the original drummer in the Alarm, who's mm-hmm. not playing tonight, had a 91X T-shirt that he wore probably for 10 years, one of the coolest T-shirts I ever remember him wearing. You know, it's kind of I, funny bands wanted those things. Yeah. They would always ask for those shirts when they come through town. Why? Well, I guess it, it, it's, I think it's a support thing. If you find a radio station who are prepared to support you, you're prepared to support the radio station. It's like, like Mike with the alarms. It work, it, with, with the fans, it works both ways. If they're fans of you, you become fans of their passion for you. You know, a lot of bands tend not to see that, mm. which I, I've, I've seen. Uh, bands that do connect and show that, that, that genuine front. And Mike has always been that way always grateful and always easily accessible where a lot of some bands you know they're just like this i don't know what the word is is a it's like almost like a holier than thou that was about exactly what i was about to say holier than thou yeah how dare you want to talk to us yeah 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 it's like you moron you know without our radio play you wouldn't be half the person you are right i mean well i think it's the punk ethic you know punk the revolution that Mm -hmm. was punk rock empowered people who might not have picked up guitars to pick up guitars Mm -hmm. and there was no demarcation line I've said this before in interviews with The Alarm there is no demarcation line between the band and the fans and I think that is a a very healthy dare I say Californian (laughs) ideal you know you guys in California relaxed and groovy and inclusive California is a very interesting place when it comes to shows um, there are shows that people will die to go to. 
and then there are other shows that will just flop. You think you think, bands that you think have great hit records, right? But the attendance is just like psh, they're very picky in their, in in their bands, um, and especially here in San Diego. Plus, another thing in San Diego, we we don't have a lot of big venues here. You know, we don't have. I think the biggest one we walk used to be called Coors Amphitheater. I forget what it's called now. They keep changing the name of every year, which is another thing that kind of gets me. Places that change their name for their corporate sponsors every year, like the sports arena here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it used to be the IPay One Center, or it was the Viejas Center, or whatever. It's like, come on, these are landmarks. They're, not, they're concert venues, for goodness sake, you know? <laughs> California's a spoil for choice. I think a lot of bands want to come here. It's an <laughs> entertainment capital it is. of the USA. and. You know, if you make it in California, you've got a huge audience. What's yeah. the population of this, this state? 26 you know? million, I believe, 28 million. It's a like lot of people. It's a, I, know, I know this, that if we were a country on our own, we'd be the sixth largest economy in the world. <laughs> That's a daunting thought. <laughs> and your station, 91X, mm. what was the reach of that station? That would reach all the way to Santa Barbara. Right. Because they're transmitter. How many miles is that for people who aren't from around here? Um, that would be up past Los Angeles, probably about 150 miles away, if right. that's the crow flies across right. the water. Because it's a, it's a uh, explaining in audio, it's kind of a curved round to the northwest uh, sort of thing. So we have a straight across the water shop. Our, our uh, transmitter was in Tijuana. Oh, really? A lot of people know that. <laughs> that's why we were super powerful. They were only driving the transmitter all the time. <laughs> this an alternative culture mm-hmm. in California. It yeah. almost is the alternative. How do the alarm fit with that, would you say? They still fit. I think they still fit with this culture. I mean, look at the crowd we got here tonight. It's an amazing crowd. It's a little older crowd tonight, which, which I think is a good thing. You know, they're the people who buy records. They buy shirts, and they, they you know, they, they've got shows, money. They got money. They're not they're spending it on, on apps and Spotify. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah really. Apps right, it's, Steve, I got to ask, what age are you now? How old am I? Yeah, I'm old enough to know. Go <laughs> I on, don't, tell I me. don't normally let this out, but I was born in '51. So what does that mean? You're 68 years Something old. Something like that. Yeah, that's appropriate for 68 girls. <laughs> and yeah. you, 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 you mentioned death earlier on. You cheated death recently. Is it fair to say yeah. that? Yeah. What, what form of cancer have you ever had? Mike and I have been both been dealing with cancer. Mine, particularly, I have prostate cancer, which I am now 15 years post-diagnosis. Congratulations. And then esophageal cancer, which I am now two plus years into so and how's that going you still uh, having ongoing treatment still got ongoing things going on with yeah. that but you know it's a battle as as you know you guys know yeah. you know it's an ongoing battle but i'm gonna fight the fight and as an as a note to guys who are listening or if you're a woman who's got a guy in your life tell that guy or guys pay attention to what your body tells you even if it's something that you know you think oh it doesn't matter Pay attention to it, and if it's troubling, see a doctor. Yeah, yeah, we don't, don't like to go, do no, we? No, we don't. We're yeah. guys, and I learned that the hard way. Mike, I describe him as a freak of nature. You know, he's lived with leukemia for 20 years or something. Oh, oh yeah. And it shows you that medical science is catching up with things mm-hmm. which a few years ago was a, a threat to life. Yeah. And Mike just sees it as another hurdle. Is that how you approach yeah, it as well? That's me. That's the same thing. I mean, they, you're right. They, they, they've now got some of these. You don't have to go through that horrible damaging chemo anymore. The things are more targeted now. Plus, they've got this new biomedicine, which, which is really not drugs at all, but it's something that they found they can bind to your immune system 
to go after those really bad cells, right? It's a because um, cancer is it's just cells that the body doesn't know what to do with, mm-hmm. and they're out of control. So they train the body to deal with those cells and kill those cells, and that's that's where they're finding great success, especially with things like melanoma and certain kinds of breast cancer, and uh, and as with uh, with Mike with, with leukemia, you know, it's it's the same thing. They're finding these things that are really you know, able to sort it out. Sort it all yeah, out, yeah, man. Yeah. And yeah, I, I've got a great team of doctors over here. I couldn't be in a better place. The UCSD and the, the Moore's Cancer Center there. So, you know, it's a battle, but I'm going to win. It strikes me that you're an optimistic <coughs> kind of guy. Always been that way, man. I can tell. I mean, what is it Monty Python said? Always look on the bright side. <laughs> and I think Mike Peters is a living example of that. Yeah, indeed. I Steve. Mean, it's remarkable to meet you, sir, again. Really? I, I, I think we met... We, I'm sure we've crossed... Yeah, a long time before. ago, because <laughs> when I saw you at the venue earlier on, I thought, I know him. How do I know him? Mm. Either I know you by reputation, or we've been in the same room. And if yeah, I haven't been in the same room, room <laughs> it's a privilege to be in the room with you. Thanks, Thank man. Thank you so much. It's Saturday, 27th of July... We're on the bus, the alarm played last night in Temecula, California, and today we've got a massive gig at the Microsoft Theatre, and uh, I was just witness to a planning meeting where uh, the three members of the alarm who were on board the bus at the moment, James is elsewhere, but uh, Mike, Jules and Smiley were trying to work out what the set's going to be, because there are very stringent requirements for the set tonight. Mike, you got a minute to talk? Tell us. You, you've got how long for this gig today at the Microsoft Theatre? Well, we've got a 25-minute set. It's a festival-style gig. Yeah. And uh, I suppose when you get to these situations, you, you have to think of the approach Queen took at Live Aid. And that's oh, yeah. a lofty ambition. Yeah. But they... So you're going to wear a white vest? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but they... Um, now they approached it uh, and they really tightened up all their music so they could get a lot into a short space of time and make it as dynamic as possible so that people can get everything they expect to see from the alarm in a tight framework yeah. and so there's certain things that we can do when we do a full length alarm concert where you stretch certain things out because you, you're within you're with family in that kind of situation so, and, and there's, there's a tease involved as well and and, uh, and so when you play in the situation we find ourselves in tonight you have to approach it differently you have to take a different outlook and, and, and being concise sharp, dynamic incisive is, is the way forward in this, in this environment because it, the, it is a, a little bit like a competition because everyone's trying to steal the night, if you to put it bluntly, and, and, and come out on top. But uh, I think if we apply the thinking that we are good at, I pride ourselves that we're quite adaptable to situations. Um, that's why I'm a, a little bit last minute and sometimes when it comes to preparation, because I like to see the environment. <laughs> we heard that, Jules. We did. But Something I, in your throat. I like to see the lie of the land, to quote an alarm song before we decide because I don't think you can truly decide till you, you've got you've walked around the venue you've, you've 
stood in the places where the audience are going to be. You, you can put your mind's eye into their perspective and, and see the concert unfold from their perspective. And, and then that's when you can really write out your set list and inform the band of how we're going to play it and approach it. And, and we're, we're, we're good at going off the cuff, the alarm. You know, when things go wrong, a lot of bands walk off stage. We don't. We, when the lights go down, the power fails. We stay out there with everybody and we turn it into a positive. If, and, and sometimes when, when things go wrong, that's when you find good things. Yeah, and uh, necessity is the mother of, inven- it of invention. Really is, isn't it? absolutely. Yeah. And some great things have happened because something's not gone to plan. So you have to think on your feet. You you learn how to communicate. You know, Smiley must <laughs> have a second sight for reading my signals when, when often the audience don't see when I'm playing the guitar and I put my hand behind the back I'm sending them a signal like one, two, three, four with my fingers or I'm, I'm, I'm putting the hand down behind back they take it down take it back up <laughs> back conducting we call back that back conducting yeah. yeah and that's it and, and uh, everyone in the band is good at, at reading the signals and the, and Smiley can even tell how hard I'm stamping my foot as yep. to whether it, it, the tempo needs to go up or down or, or we, we need to take our foot off the gas. No, Mike, and, uh, don't you realise after all this time we all just ignore you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't sound like it. Totally not. Strummer used to do it. Yeah, used to do it. the signs. So the difference is. I understand Mike's science. Uh, so yeah. I just was doing, well, you can't see this, people, but I'm doing this. Waving his hand. But there's yeah. an element of conducting, you know, that yeah. goes back to orchestral work. That's why, as a conductor, and rock bands need that, and the best frontmen are great conductors as well. When they when they lead in the band on stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they because you're you're like the lightning rod for the energy of the audience. So when you when you pull it all down, and you know have to track, you have to then translate it to everyone. So you're you're the the person that really brings everything together and connects that person at the back of the hall to the drummer at the back of the stage, and that, and, and makes it one. And that that's what the best frontman are really good at doing that. So who else is playing today? Ice, ice. <laughs> Vanilla ice. Hey, look, this Unbelievable. is... Yeah, well, you know, look, I, I think this is great because we've got modern English out there. Yeah. We've got um, The Beat, Dave yeah. Wakelin. There's some great people on there. This is like Top of the Pops. Where would the alarm be without Top of the Pops, without appearing on American Bandstand, yeah. without going into those places where people don't always expect you to see. But sometimes when you're playing with other artists who aren't of the same ilk as yourselves... You get to new people. The power is transcended. The yeah, power yeah. is amplified. Yeah. And, and you, you know, the originality of the alarm, the, the sound of the band, the, the, the message we put through our music is, is different to everyone else. It stands out in this environment. And we're going to play to a lot of people. How many? There's going to be over 6,000 people, probably 7,500 people in here wow. tonight. It's going to be a massive gig. So what is the set, Jules? I'm going to ask you as the planner. Has it actually been... Have you? Is that it now? You've made the decision or is there still capacity for change before you go on stage in... Well, you've got a sound check in about half an hour or an hour and then uh, the, the gig's set later. has been... Well, I've been up very early this morning. I think that's how... Well, let me just pop that pin on <laughs> <laughs> I got up early to prepare... I got up early to prepare my head and I'd already started the sprinkling of a plan with Mike and Smiley a few days ago of asking, well, what songs should we play? Because I, I totally get and I really respect and admire the way Mike 
goes in and reads the building and the atmosphere. I love that about him. But I think it, it's about having a bit of balance. You know, it's like how good marriages work, isn't it? And so I think to be able to discuss it a few days in advance benefits Mike. He's not used to doing that. And um, and I think I make him focus a little bit. So yeah, I think, like, just the, the, we've just been playing Psalm the last few nights. And there's it creates a massive connection in the shows instantly. And uh, when we came off stage last night, Jules said, you know, you probably need to think about putting Psalm in the set. You know, it's going to reinforce the fact that we've got a new album out. But it's, um, you know, again, because we're playing to an audience that aren't, not everyone is coming to see The Alarm. They all, they all know who The Alarm is. They all know our songs on the radio. But it's a chance to show them the depth that the band has Mm. In, in its uh, core and so uh, well, I think playing the psalm is, well, is going to create a great moment in the show I've taken to during my introduction of the band saying that a band born in the 80s but with our heart and vision in the future that's a great and, description yeah. and I think that's important that you're not a heritage band you're not going to turn up here and just play the hits you're going to feature the new and more vital stuff you yeah. know, it's about the story now there was never so much more than that last night of, of being behind Mike, watching him play Psalm, watching the audience grow into the song, and, and that's why we came off stage. It was really buzzing last night in Temecula, and, and I felt really strongly that we're confident enough um, in our new songs to, to try that to a massive mm. crowd tonight. Yeah, and, and the only thing it shows uh, a, a greater side to the band. You know, we're not, we're, you know, a lot of people, you know, the promoter, who's one of the heavyweight promoters of California. He, he, he's asked us to play Walk Forever By My Side tonight because he relates to our story. And he says, I've never interfered or asked a band to play a song in their set list, but will you do that tonight? So we said, no. We said, do you give us five more minutes and you can get whatever yeah, so, you want. Yeah, so it works. So you, we you, get it as well. you never know, we might get five more minutes and, and, and play a bit of that song. Or, or we'll... we'll, we'll, we'll We've got our experience situation here. We might set the PA in the backstage area and give them a very special performance. Yeah. But we'll make it something really special tonight. And and the the, the you know, ironically, the, the the future of the band starts at events like this. This is this is what broke the alarm in America when we faced came here and we we played on American bandstand, then flew home to do Top of the Pops. And this here we are in a massive show. In LA, and, and we'll we'll blow the roof off the building tonight. Of course, you will. Um, I have two questions. Smiles, what is the set? I'm going to ask you as an independent oh, arbiter here. Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to say? Yeah, yeah this okay. will be after the show. Uh, you see, so. marching on. Uh, a bit of where we're hiding. A bit of 68 guns. A bit of strength. A bit of song. A bit of um, uh, rain in the summertime, <laughs> and a little bit of two rivers. <laughs> All squeezed into a nice handy 25.3 seconds. Right. <laughs> and we've got a great team around us today. It's exciting because we've got Emir Avan coming in from Wales and he's going to direct. And so we've got everybody on camera, including our young son, Evan. We heard that, Evan. In house photographer. <laughs> yeah, very good one, too. And, and there's one other thing I have to ask. At what point does James Stevenson find out what you're going to do? About <laughs> uh, halfway through, marching on. What songs is then? We'll see how this goes. On that point, I would like to say that we've just been talking about Mike, the leader on stage, and it is a real joy being on stage, isn't it, Smiley? It with, is. with Mike as our conductor. Yes. And, and he does change his personality somewhat. Um, I think... His, his alpha maleness comes to the complete fall. <laughs> and it's the only time in my entire life yeah, Mike, where I'm... No, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm trying to say, I'm actually... I 
I really know how far I can push it. When Mike, when Mike's on stage, he is that conductor, and we can put our point of view forward. But at the end of the day, the decision lies with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our it's, master, our leader. It's, it's, well, I ended up in the crowd in Two Rivers last night. You did, and it was a bit of a special moment. And that—that's what you want in the, the certain shows, you know. That the, the, the spontaneity is—is—is yeah. is, is where it's at sometimes. Yeah. Do you know what? The longer I travel on this bus with you two, the more I feel like your counsellor. That you're using me as a sounding board to explore the nature and dynamic of your relationship as musicians and as a couple and uh, I look forward to our next session I think it's been super progressive we'll see you for the next episode of Entourage